welcome to this week's message from a new church. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website, newchurch.nz. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this message. First of all, my name's Eddie, and I'm the youth pastor here at Renew Church. Um, that in itself is a big deal because I feel like I've been running from God for a while, so <laughs> that, that's, that's awesome. And uh, yeah, I'm married, I've got an amazing wife and a dog, no kids yet, that is enough for now, <laughs> but the, the kids will come. And um, yeah, I love fishing, it's like my love fishing. Um, I'll talk to you guys for an hour or two any day about fishing, if you can, to talk about fishing. So I love fishing. And the other thing that I'm super passionate about is youth culture. Um, I'm super passionate about youth. Um, I believe that, you know, the if, if we don't invest into our youth, then we don't have um, a generation to to carry the baton. So I reckon that youth is so cool and um, it's such an awesome thing to be part of youth. Um, if you're here and you send your kids along to youth, I'm so proud of you guys for doing that because, man, um, we need to invest into our youth. Cool. So that's pretty much a little bit about me. And um, so if you didn't realize yet, um, I'm going to be sharing on faith this morning, um, the F word. Um, I, I wanted to call that because I wanted to, if you guys are on social media, I wanted to get you guys thinking what I was going to be talking about. No, no, I'm not talking about offensive language this morning. I'm talking about faith. Okay. So just to clear that up, I'm talking about faith this morning. And um, I feel like this is an absolutely huge topic, and so um, this morning I'm just going to be scratching the surface of it. Um, this morning I just want to share a little bit about what I feel God has shown me in my life in regards to faith, and to kind of stir you guys up so that you'll go away and um, unpack this for yourself and um, and look at it yourself in a deeper way. Because I think if um, you can grasp hold of some of these things that I'm going to talk about this morning, it can change your life. So. Cool, we're going to get into it. Um, so the first thing I wanted to talk a little bit about this morning is what is faith? And um, this is another huge question in itself, but just going to scratch the surface this morning. Um, so if we look at the dictionary definition for what faith is, a couple of things. First of all, it's a complete trust or confidence in someone or something. The second thing is, or it could be a strong belief in the doctrines of a religion based on spiritual conviction rather than proof. Now that's quite a big one, the second thing, because most of us here, if you believe in God, you already have faith because, well, unless you're different to me, I can't see God. <laughs> Not physically anyway, right? So you've already taken the first step of faith there. <laughs> um, but that faith, English doesn't do a very good kind of interpretation of, of faith in my mind. It kind of only scratches the surface. So we're going to have a look at the Greek. I'm just going to start my timer so that I'm not here all day. You guys will probably appreciate that. Cool. Sweet. Um, yeah, so we're going to have a look at what the Greek, so the original, uh, one of the original languages of the Bible was Greek. And so we're going to have a look at what uh, faith means in the Greek, and we're going to try and just unpack it a little bit. And so the word um, faith comes from the word pitho, and um, it is pisti, which means to persuade or to be persuaded, And um, which I find really interesting because before I read that, I was like, man, I never even thought of faith like that before. And um, so when you look at the, the um, interpretation for, in Greek, it's really interesting. So just bear with me for a sec. So faith or pisti is always a gift from God. 
and never something that can be produced by people. In short, pisti or faith for the believer is God's divine persuasion and therefore distinct from human belief, confidence, yet involving it. So often um, in our kind of English thing, we think of faith of having confidence in something that is unseen. But um, with this word pisti, which is faith, is actually a lot more than that. It's just like this um, persuasion. It's, it's a divine, something divine. It's supernatural. And um, it says here, the Lord continuously births faith in the yielded believer so that he knows what God prefers, i.e. the persuasion of his will. Now, man, I'm, when I read that, I was like, that is so cool. That God actually births something supernatural in us when we become followers of him faith and it's something that comes inside of us where we're persuaded, where we're yielded to prefer or to want to pursue what God's heart is about. And when I read that, I was like, man, that is so cool. That just that just blows my mind every time I read that. Um, 1 John 5 verses 4 says, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Man, that I'm going to read that again because that was like mic drop when I read it. For everyone born, of, um, everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. So even our faith was a victory when God overcome the world. And, and when, when I think faith and Holy Spirit, I think they're so interlinked because, you know, the Holy Spirit leads and guide us. And with faith, when we take a step of faith, God is leading and guiding us into where he, what, what his purpose and what he wants us to do. And so I just thought that was so cool. And so, you know, if we look at the English and the Greek definition together, you can see there's a connection between both of them. However, I feel having faith as a Christian is a lot different than just having confidence in something or someone. There's also that supernatural aspect to it that we can't overlook, which I just, for me, is just awesome. So I'm quite a simple person in some ways. And I love analogies because they really help me to understand things. So this morning, I've got a couple of analogies for you. Now, as I said at the start, I absolutely love fishing, right? Love it, love it, love it. Now, if I was to go out, now I told you guys I was going to go fishing, and, you know, all the elements to this fishing trip were in my favour. I had the perfect weather, the perfect tide, change of light, prime location on a rock somewhere. I've got fresh bait. I've just brought myself a new setup. I've got the flashiest lures. I've got, I've got everything, right? Got, I've double, triple checked my knots to make sure that big fish isn't going to break me off. I'm sussed it, right? So I'm planning this all out. So getting the picture a little bit. But the thing is, right, is for me, in that situation, there's not too much faith involved, okay? Let's be honest. I'm really confident, but that confidence is in myself. It comes from myself. And, and, and most of the time, because I'm like, oh, i got everything sussed. i got it planned down to the T. I'm going to catch this fish, right? Now, as I said before, faith always has a supernatural element to it. Now I could be, now I could, you know, be like, oh, okay, God, it sucks. Help me catch a fish. I'm going to have faith in you. But honestly, there's not much faith in that, right? That's just my human confidence there. But let's flip the coin. Let's say I'm walking down the street and God says, Eddie, go and talk to that person. Now for me, that takes a lot of faith. I don't know about you guys, but God has asked me to step out and he knows, I know that he's going to supernaturally, he's going to, um, he's going to fill me with his Holy Spirit and that he's going to guide me. But I need to step out in that 
And, and there's, there's not just a confidence, because I can't, re- well, you could rely on yourself, but I don't know about you guys, but when, I, when God asked me to step out and take a step of faith, I, I need to rely on Him, not just my own confidence in that situation. And so, um, so yeah, so faith, faith, super, very similar in the Greek and, and uh, English, but there's a main difference is that we need to understand that faith, there's always a supernatural element to faith. And I just absolutely love that. So um, I've just got a couple of things that I want to talk about this morning. And um, the first one is I want to talk about what hinders our faith. Because for me, um, I walked a long time kind of um, as my Christian, Christian walk, and I kind of understood faith and I kind of understand, you know, what helps it and what doesn't. But when I really grasp hold of what hinders our faith or what stops our faith from growing. And my second point that I'm going to look at this morning, which is what strengthens our faith. Once I grasp hold of those things, it was so easy. It was much easier for me to identify areas in my life where I needed to step out where God was leading me. And you know, faith, it's a free gift. So it's available for all of us. That's that's the coolest thing about it. So number one, what hinders our faith this morning? One of the biggest things I think are our past failures or things, times we've stepped out and we felt like we haven't seen God there. You know, often God asked us to take what I call, or I like to call steps of faith in our life. This could be as simple as you talking to the man that no one says hi to at work, or it could be asking you to consider that promotion at work that you don't think you're qualified for, but God's calling you to take it. Whatever it is, I'm sure you guys can relate in some way to what I'm talking about. Can you guys relate to that this morning? Yep. Good. It's just not, it's not only me then. <laughs> and so a lot of you know that the Holy, the Holy Spirit, when He comes upon us, He'll often lead us to, to take steps of faith. And, you know, it doesn't always go the way that we expect it to go. And if you've been a Christian a while, you'll, you'll, you'll feel me when I say that. And um, that could be, you know, maybe you've been called, maybe you feel like you're called to pray for someone. You pray for someone and they don't get healed. Or it could be that, you know, maybe you invite your friend that you've known for years to church and he always turns you down and says no. Now that, that, that takes a big hit when that kind of stuff happens. You think, man, you know, I've got, I'm faith-filled, I'm ready to go for it. You step out and then what happens? You feel like God doesn't come through for you. And you know, obviously, and for me, I know that God, God is always there, and He's always working in the background. But that doesn't, still doesn't affect how, when you step out in faith, how it hits you, and it's really hard often to to deal with those blows. So number one, this can cause us to doubt God's ability. So for example, if we take the example of if we step out and pray for someone to be healed, and we don't see the healing that we're after, number one, this can cause us to doubt God's ability to heal. But it can also doubt. We can also, it can also cause us to doubt whether or not God was leading us to take that step. Were you really telling me to, were you really telling me to pray for that person? Was that just me talking? And, you know, it could even be a less extreme thing. Oh, sorry. These things can grow our faith, but so often we let them be hindrances in our path, you know? We could be like, you know what, God? It's okay. I know you're moving. I know you're moving. You're working this situation for good. But so often, um, especially as we get older, we get more cynical and we think, "Oh, now," and we keep building these things up. And before we know it, all of our past failures and things that have happened in the past, 
then define what happens in the future. And that, that's really sad. And um, I put here, you know, in our Western culture, we judge success by the results. Prayed for someone, they got healed, tick. Didn't get healed, cross. You know? And, or, you know, I got that promotion, tick. Didn't get the promotion, tick. Cross, you know? And so it's like tick, cross, tick, cross. And that's how we judge success. And now I want to challenge you this morning. How would our lives look and how would they be different if we saw failures as two options? Number one, God is working this situation for good. And number two, this is a failure, but I can get up and learn from this. And that, so many times God has challenged me with that in my life. And you're like, God, really? <laughs> really? I just wanted to see it as a big mess. And I just want to, you know, get all sad about it and sob about it. And God's like, no, there's two options. Either it was a failure and, you know, you can learn from it or I'm working there. I'm working the situation for good. Deuteronomy 31 verses 8 says, The Lord himself goes before you and he will be with you. He will never forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Man, that just is so cool. God goes before us. He is with us. We don't have to be afraid and we don't have to be discouraged. And I'm not saying we won't get discouraged because I'm sure we will, but we can lean on that promise because that's a promise right there that the Lord goes before us and he will never forsake us. And um, I just absolutely love this quote by, John, uh, by Paul Jones, John Paul Jones. And he says, if fear is cultivated, it will become stronger. But if faith is cultivated, it will achieve mastery. And man, when I read that, I'm like, flip, that is so true, because who knows that when we ha something happens, fear often comes in its place, and we think, oh, nah, I'm too scared to step out now, too scared to take that step. But if we cultivate that fear, it becomes stronger, but if we cultivate faith, it achieves mastery. So it's number one, past failures. The second one is the send, my personal favorite, the send someone else syndrome. So we're going to look at a couple of characters in the Bible. I really enjoyed writing this part. <laughs> so our first person that we're going to look at this morning is Jonah. So Jonah, 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 Jonah. So Jonah, if you guys don't know the story of Jonah, real basic overview. Jonah was a prophet and uh, God called him to go and prophesy to the city of Nineveh. Nineveh to tell them um, that they were wicked and that if they didn't change, you know, change their their ways, that he was going to come and destroy them. And um, so, and Jonah fled, got swallowed by a whale, and asked for God for forgiveness, and got spat back out and got on his way and did what he was supposed to do. Okay, so that's just a brief overview. Read the book; it's really awesome. It's a really great story. Heaps to get out of it. But we're just going to read from Jonah one verses one to three. Um, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amidia, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and call out against it, for evil, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid a fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. Now, Man, that story always cracks me up when I read that because I don't know whether or not there was any dialogue between God and Jonah, but he just goes. He's just like, nah, I'm out of here. I'm gone. Like, 
sorry, God, wicked city. They're not going to change their ways. See you later. And he's out of there, right? <laughs> and it just always cracks me up. And, um, and, you know, Jonah doesn't directly say, God, send someone else. But who knows here that we're vessels, right? And God uses vessels to do his work on earth. And if we don't step up to the challenge, then eventually God will send someone else. And it's sad as well because someone else can never do what we were called to do to its fullest capacity. And so, and the example I think of is if when I saw there was a position to be a youth pastor at the church, if I said, God, sorry, I'm out of there, too hard, too much work, not what I'm called to, and I just ran the other direction, Simon would find someone else. You'd find someone else, wouldn't you, Simon? Exactly. He wouldn't wait 10 years for me to be the youth pastor. I'll be too old by then <laughs> for a start. <laughs> so God will find someone else. And so by doing that, you, ought, you kind of, whether or not you say it, you're saying, God, send someone else, not me. I'm not putting my hand up for that. It's too hard. It's too scary. Um, so I think so many of us can relate to this story because uh, and God will often lead us to take a step of faith and we'll not even try it. We'll just run the opposite direction. And I think Jonah's case is pretty extreme because probably for most of us, we haven't been called to go and prophesy over a city that they're wicked and that if they don't pack, their, if they don't pack things up, they're gonna, God's going to kill them, right? But God does call us to take steps of faith. Maybe it's having a crucial conversation with someone. Maybe it's, maybe it's you know, I don't know what it is for you guys, but God does call us to take those steps. And so often, instead of coming to God and, you know, chatting to Him and working through it, we just go like, nah, God, I'm out. See ya. And we just go. We just run. So that's the first one. That's the first kind of blatant, you know, send someone else, God, I'm out of here. The second person I want to look at today is Moses. Now, most of you, again, will know the story of Moses. Um, but, you know, for a few little things, if you don't, guy who split the Red Sea, led the Israelites out of Egypt. So, you know, he's that guy, right? So I'm sure you guys would have heard some of those stories. And so we're going to read a passage from Exodus. But for context's sake, this is after Moses has um, seen God in the burning bush. And um, he's now... Um, later on, he's talking to the Lord. God has said to him, I want you to go to Egypt, and he's talking to um, God. So we're going to pick it up on Exodus 4, verses 10 to 17. But Moses said to the Lord, O oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, either, the, um, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. Then the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? It is not I the Lord. Is it not I, the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. But he said, O Lord, please send someone else. So he literally said, send someone else. (laughs) Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. That part always freaks me out. Send someone else, then God's like, you know, he gets angry. (laughs) The anger of the God was uh, anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, "Is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he is coming out to meet you, and he sees you. And when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I will be with your mouth and with his mouth, and I will teach both 
man's wordy, eh? Both what to do. He shall speak for you to the people and he shall be your mouth and you shall be as God to him. And take in your hands um, the staff with you, you shall do the signs. Man, and that's just such a cool passage. But there's just a few things that I really wanted to pull out of there for a start. So obviously, first of all, God, Moses did literally say, send someone else. And, um, but we see here, one of the first things is that God doesn't like excuses. <laughs> he wouldn't have picked Moses if he didn't know that he was the one for the job. He wouldn't have picked you to step out in faith in that area you know you're called to if you weren't gifted, if God wasn't going to be there with you. And... The next thing is he is in us with the journey ahead. And I just, you know, teaching, guiding, and leading. And in in those verses, he literally said that I was going to give you the words to say. I was going to be your mouth. And then the third thing is he gives us help. He said, he didn't, he said to, after he got angry, (laughs) he said, you're not going to do this by yourself. I've got Aaron there for you. Right, So he sends us help, and sometimes that help comes in the form of someone else. You know, They're with us, but sometimes it can be the Holy Spirit. So many times I've been in a situation like, God, I can't do this, God. And then I say, I need your Holy Spirit. And those words are so powerful. God, I need your Holy Spirit to fill me right now. I can't do this myself. And the fourth thing that we learn, though, is that we must first take a step. Moses had to take a step of faith and say yes to God in the end to be able to activate that faith. So those are a couple of people, Jonah and Moses, send someone else, send someone else. Now, um, you know, people often say that faith is about risk and not not to, you know, not totally untrue, I, I agree sometimes, but I think the better thing, a better word for faith is step, S-T-E-P. You know, so often we see faith as risk. However, there is never any risk if we don't first take a step. And so often we think someone else living by faith as someone who gives up their work and lives their life utterly surrendered to God. You know, that is our picture of faith so often. But could it just be as simple as someone taking steps of faith every time we feel the leading and persuasion of the Holy Spirit in our lives? Our jobs, our marriages, and our families, and our communities. Eddie, Simon, Christy, Anna, take a step. Take a step. Take a step. And, you know, it's really interesting Because, you know, no, actually, sorry. That is the next part. (laughs) Keep going. Okay, keep going. So third thing this morning is sin and baggage that hold us back from stepping out in faith. And, you know, baggage is not necessarily sin, but it often is things that have happened or happened to us or that we're carrying it and that, that can hold us back like sin. So, When we're actively living in sin, and I'm not just talking about when we stuff up, because we always do that. Well, not we always do that. All of us do that, I meant to say, because we're not perfect. 
But when we keep repeating the same patterns in our life, whether it be wrong behavior or living an addictive behavior that separates us from God, and not because he turns his back on us, but because we turn our backs on him. And that's really important because God is omnipresent. He's always with us. But we can say, we can turn our backs and say no to God. And um, the illustration that I really love that I think really sums it up so well is the story of the prodigal son. And, you know, the father was always there. He was always there waiting for his son, but it was the son that turned his back and chose to live. But the dad was, dad was always there. He, he was looking out on the hills for him. He was waiting for his son to come back to him. Romans 6, 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in, Jesus, in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, most of us understand what the result of undoubt with sin in our life is. But when it comes to faith, how does it directly affect us? I believe when we have unrepented sin in our lives, it so often leads us um, to struggle, to be weak in our steps. The steps of faith God is calling us to take are replaced by guilt, shame, and regret. And the analogy that I like to use is it's a little bit like an obstacle course in our life. And every time something comes up, whether it's baggage that we haven't dealt with or it's sin, it becomes another obstacle, becomes another stumbling block. Oh, well, God, I, I wish I could do that for you. I, I wish I could talk to that person. But there's just this thing I've got to try and get over first. I've got to try and get out of this addictive behavior or I've got to, I've got to deal with this other thing. And before we know it, we look at our life and it just looks like an agility course full of all different obstacles that we for us to take a step, we've got to get over these things first. So don't leave unresolved sin and baggage in your life. And um, if faith could be set step, right, then first the step you need to be able to walk. And if you're injured, you're hurting, you're stumbled, you're stumbling and you're in pain, you'll neither be able to walk nor take a step. And so, and that's, and or if you can take a step, every step you take is painful. So encourage you, don't leave unrepented sin and baggage in your life. There is hope this morning. There is hope. And Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin and death again, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Again, a free gift. We can receive Jesus. You know, if you read, if you do a quick Google search, there's over 50 verses in the Bible that are about forgiveness. God is in the business of forgiveness. I hate that line because it's really cringy, but God is in the business of forgiveness, okay? It's, 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 um, there's over 50 verses of it, whether or not that's God forgiving us or us forgiving someone else. There's a lot of forgiveness in the Bible. James, I'm just going to read a couple of verses quickly. James 5 verses 16. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person has great power as it is working. Ask someone to pray for you. Get around people that are filled. Psalm 65 verses 3. When you are overwhelmed by sins, you forgave our transgressions. God forgives our transgressions. God forgives our sins. And uh, man, this quote that I saw the other day, I just couldn't get over how, uh, how it really just hit me. 
by Timothy Keller, all human problems are ultimately symptoms and our separation from God is the cause. I was like, man, that is so true. If only we could get closer to, if only we just took that step closer to God and we get rid of that sin in our life. So don't leave undoubt with sin and baggage in our lives. Cool, are you guys doing all right? Cool. So what strengthens, so we looked at, we've looked at this morning, what is faith? What hinders our faith? Now this morning we are gonna look at what strengthens our faith, okay? So number one, connection. For me, one of the number of ways that I've found that faith, my faith has been strengthened is by, 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 blech, is by being connected in with faith-filled people. Now, this is the major reason why we do church, right? This is the major reason. Who do you look up to? Who are your friends? Who is spurring you on? Who is pulling you down? Some practical ways that we can put this into, into practice. Join a service team. Join a connect group. Ask someone that you look up to be your mentor. When someone says to you, are you doing okay? It's okay to say, I'm not doing okay. <laughs> it's okay to be real with those people that you trust, that are close, that you're confident to say, you know what? I'm actually not doing okay. I need some help in my life. I need some faith-filled people to be around me right now to encourage me on. Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. You know, one of the terms often used to describe church is a faith-filled community. And if we're doing church right, I think that is exactly what it should look like. Faith-filled people spurring on other faith-filled people. And when people are lacking in faith, they can get around other people that are ready to impart into them. So church, a faith-filled community. The second one this morning is invest your time wisely. For all of us, we have the same amount of time in our day. However, how we choose to use it is another thing. If I were to ask most of you what makes you feel closer to God this morning, I can guarantee that most of you would be able to give me something. It'd probably be slightly different to the person next to you. Maybe it's a walk on the beach praying. Or maybe it's sitting in your favorite armchair, because I'm old now, listening to some worship, listening to some worship music. Whatever it is for you, make it the biggest priority in your day. Make that thing the first thing that you want to do. Can I also please encourage you to give the first part of your day to God? Now, for so long, I used to be that person they always get people, I get up on the stage and they say, give your first part of your day to God. Get up in the morning and spend time with God. And I'll be like, nah, I don't want to spend time with God in the morning. I'll spend time with I've stubborn spirit. And I was like, nah, I'm not spending, I'll spend time with God when I want to. And I was that person that would spend time with God in the, in the evening. You're half falling asleep, struggling to read your Bible because you're so tired. Not cool, man. Give your first part of your day to God. Honestly, since I've done that, I can say my life has changed a lot from that one step. Give the first part of your day to God. And I know that sometimes situation, you know, calls that you can't do that. Obviously, I'm not saying, you know, whatever, just leave the kids to cry and you just spend time with God. But if you can make, whatever it is, if you can make that a priority in your life, make it a priority. Cool. And... Um, now on the flip coin, on the flips, no, sorry. So if I said to Simon, right, 
I want you to come and watch a movie with me tonight. My shout, I'll buy your popcorn, I've got the ticket covered, I've got everything you want for the movie, I've got it, it's on me, I'm shouting you, right? I guarantee you that Simon would probably be able to make room in his day for, oh yeah, I could probably fit that in, right? I could, I could, you're gonna shout me a movie and popcorn, I'll fit it in for you, right? But, so, you know, we make time right for the things that we prioritize. Yeah, it sounds cool. I'll do that. I'll fit that in. You know, I'll leave that chore till next week, <laughs> Eddie, you know, and I'll go to the movies. That's cool, right? So we always make time for what's important. So I encourage you, make time for what is important to God, you know, whether or not that is coming to church, whether or not that's getting up early to read your Bible, whether or not it's going to see that, that um, person that's in the old home that you haven't seen for ages, that you know that you need to go and visit them. Make time for what God prioritizes. Ephesians, John 17, verses four. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And man, I really hope that when I'm standing before God one day, that those are the words that I'll be able to say. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. So, almost done, guys. But the third thing this morning is invest in the Holy Spirit. Now, Simon has done an awesome message series on the Holy Spirit. And if you haven't seen it or heard it, I encourage you to go to our website and check it out. Because honestly, if you open your heart to that, it will change your life. Honestly, it will change your life. And so, at the very least, can I encourage you guys, before you start your day, ask the Holy Spirit to fill you afresh. Ask Him to lead you and guide you through your day. Honestly, the impact on your day-to-day life when you do that can be just mind-blowingly different. And, um, you know, there's times where I've had to step out in faith. And it could be a simple thing. It could be, I'm being honest with you, it could be, I've got to get up this morning. I've got to go to work again. Lord, I can't get out of bed today unless you're by my side, you know? I'm, I'm being real with you guys. You know, sometimes you're in that place and you're like, I can't do it, God. I can't do it unless you're there with me. And so ask the Holy Spirit to fill you up, to be there with you. And um, He always comes through. He always comes through. That's the coolest thing. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it was an encouragement to you. To contact us or to find out what's happening at our church, please check out our website, renewchurch.nz